We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Roto Welcome into the Roto Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week one, start, sit, and player projections. Uh, Dave Cabin and I are going to be doing this every Thursday night for about 30 minutes before Thursday night football kickoff. It's going to be fun uh, to hang with the Rotoviz uh, radio podcast crew and get questions uh, from people that are, you know, struggling. And man, we couldn't get off to a more intriguing start in week one because Travis Kelsey's been ruled out for this game. If you haven't been listening to the news or you haven't been on your Twitter feed and you just clicked into this because you subscribe to the channel, Travis Kelsey is not playing. So we got to talk uh, a lot about, you know, where can we look for other tight ends uh, that we could maybe stream there that you could pick up off your waiver wire and start in week one. And what does it mean for the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs uh, tonight? You can go ahead and start posting questions in the chat. I'll be answering questions for about 30 minutes right up until a few minutes before kickoff. I'm going to answer everything I can. If you want to guarantee that your question is going to be answered. You can use the super chat function. Uh, but again, you know, all that's going to do is really bump you to the front of the line. I am going to try to get to everything that I can. Dave is joining me in a few minutes. He's having some technical technical difficulties uh, and switching to a different laptop there. So go ahead and start throwing your start sit questions or just questions about the Chiefs Detroit game in general in the chat. And I'm going to start going through uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offense in general here. Now, when we look at what Kelsey was going to potentially do, I want to go into our Rotoviz game level similarity projections and and talk about what type of game, you know, he was going to potentially have. You know, he was he was rated as a top 5 tight end uh this week with this matchup against Detroit when we sort on the 50th percentile at tight end, he was tight end 5. When we sort on the 75th percentile um, he actually was more of a lower end QB one. 
So, you know, our tools not necessarily thinking this was going to be a smash game for Kelsey anyway. That gives us some opportunities to look for some other players. Uh, one thing that I would say is I think a lot of people who have drafted Travis Kelsey and are aggressive at the tight end position in general, you know, you may have followed up with somebody like Dalton Kincaid as a rookie tight end. And, and our tools love Dawson Knox's matchup. It, the tools do not yet know that Dalton Kincaid is is probably the the number one receiving option at that position for the Bills. So if if you're rostering Dalton Kincaid or he's available in your shallow redraft league, that type of thing, that's an easy slam dunk of a, a, a swap out for Kelsey. You also see some players like Juwan Johnson uh, for the New Orleans Saints. I'm not sure he's universally rostered in shorter redraft leagues and in uh, deeper leagues. You're playing some high stakes, fantasy pros, championships, main events. Um, or things like that, you know, Juwan Johnson might be on your bench already. You could plug him in. If we go a little bit deeper, Gerald Everett, one of Dave Cabin's favorites, one of Neil Dutton's favorites, also has a great matchup uh, this week per the game level similarity projections like matchups of a player of of Everett's quality against, um, you know, his opponent. If we go on to page two here, let's just get a couple more names just to get this Kelsey talk out of the way. Kate Otten as a bailout option. Uh, in Tampa Bay, Cole Komet might be a player that you had drafted to back up Kelsey. You can sub him in. Hunter Henry, really low ADP, but Dave and I actually took him in our main event draft last night um, on the strength of you know what he could do in the, the Patriots offense now that they have a professional offensive coordinator. So um, I think 2021 numbers are probably closer to what we see for Hunter Henry this season versus the 2022 numbers. I see Dave has joined. And uh, Dave, before we get to some of the questions in the chat, anything you want to add about this Kelsey news with him being a scratch? Uh, Not entirely sure exactly what you've covered. I guess the thing I would just say is I think that there's probably options out there for people on their waiver wire, you know, maybe not the most attractive, attractive options approximating what Kelsey would do. But, you know, it's week one. There's probably some options out there that you can go and find, you know, players that people didn't draft. So hopefully everybody can weather this okay. Uh, Mike and M um, ha- asks the obvious question. So before we go to some of the other player versus player questions, let's let's finish out this uh, Chiefs offense. You know, if if Kelsey's not going to play, you know, who's going to touch the ball? And so I think most people that drafted Sky Moore probably playing, you know, Sky Moore uh, for sure. Now, if you weren't already, most people that drafted Isaiah Pacheco probably playing Isaiah Pacheco. The guys that are more on the fringe. I think Marcus Valdez-Scantling, um, who was drafted probably for depth for most people, he definitely comes into play now. Now, again, our tools are not going to know uh, that that Kelsey is not playing, but we can look and see what they see in this matchup uh, for Valdez-Scantling. You know, I, I think we can go more towards that ceiling projection for him, knowing that the the alpha target getters out of the offense, uh, the, the tools like, Marcus Valdez-Scantling at 9.6 PPR in his uh, top quartile outcome. So I think that sounds very fair. 10 points from MVS as a streamer. Um, the other people that you want to talk about, Kadarius Tony, Dave. I mean, with yep. Kadarius Tony, it's it's just so tricky because of, you know, the injury and he was kind of a late addition uh, to the team for this week's game. But I mean, man, you think about some of those intermediate passes and 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 the manufactured yards, right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the game level similarity projections actually like Tony even better than MVS here. So I think that's a great question, bringing him up specifically, Mike. 
12.7 points as his ceiling uh, or quartile ceiling projection, uh, if you will, for Kadarius Tony. I think he is definitely streamable. And then if if you're kind of desperate at running back, I mean, maybe you're in one of these situations where you are thin, you drafted for zero RB mentality. Jarek McKinnon may be more in play here as well without without Travis Kelsey. So I think everybody now without Kelsey's probably 10 or 11 targets he would have got in the opener, you know, it, it's it's going to be a rising tide of targets that's going to lift all of the boats. Um, hopefully we covered that question um, there for you. Now we're going to go back to the top of the stream here. Um, Anglo V Despiris. I'm not, I, I, I probably butchered that, but um, that's what I'm going for. Dave, Anglo he wants to know, RB, maybe? I don't know. what's that? Continue. I think I, uh, I was saying Anglob Despiris is how I might pronounce it, but. Okay. We're probably you know. both wrong for sure. But oh. your, your questions on the show, my friend, Brees Hall, JK Dobbins, or Raheem Mostert at RB2 uh, is his question. Now I'm, um, can you throw in the chat here? Would one of these guys also get a, be getting bumped to your flex here, or are those positions already filled uh, with with other wide receivers? If you're just asking me to rank these three for week one, I'm going to rank them: Dobbins, Hall, Mostert. Um, let's see if the tools agree. Dave, how would you personally rank this trio for an RB two spot here? Yeah, for this week, I think Dobbins is clearly. The favorite there, Brees, we still have to see how things work with him starting off the season, coming off of that big injury. And then Mostert, uh, you know, I think there's some questions there too, exactly how mm-hmm. things will play out in game one in that Dolphins offense. So I, I put it Dobbins, Hall, Mostert. My expectation would be that we're going to see that the tools might like Hall a little bit more than Dobbins, uh, but there's some factors that it can't control for. Yeah, they don't. They don't know that uh, Dalvin Cook is in town. They don't know that the team is going to manage uh, his touches, which yeah. they've been very clear about. If he was fully healthy, he would be the smash play here. Right. Now, what's interesting is with Miami's skinny running back uh, core uh, early in the season, and Jeff Wilson being on IR. Are the tools really do like Raheem Mostert here? I've got him head to head against J.K. Dobbins. Um, actually, considerably more ceiling from a GLSP perspective here. So if if you're in a situation where you want a little bit m- more floor, I'm still trusting Dobbins there uh, because I just think that that Ravens offense is going to be easier to project based off of the strength of what Dobbins did at the end of 2022 here, Anglo. Um, but if you need a little bit of a higher ceiling, uh, the tools do like Mostert there. So I'm, I'm going to stick by my original thought here with Dobbins, Hall, and Mostert in that order. If you need to use one in the flex, you know you're going to go to Hall. And if you can use both in the flex, then you're just dropping uh, Mostert in there. The next question that came in, Dave, flex choose one. Sky Moore, Brian Robinson, Javante Williams, or George Pickens? Man, this is probably an awesome team. (laughs) You can only play one of these guys. That's the first question. Uh, Where does your brain go on this one? And I'm going to pull it up in the tools here. So my brain actually, I think, goes to... It originally went to George Pickens, but then I thought Half a little PPR. bit more went to Brian Robinson. Um, yeah, I, I think half PPR is is key here because I, I almost would like to take, you know, roll the dice, go on a little bit of a gamble here with Sky Moore. The tools definitely like Javante Williams over Brian Robinson here. Um, and Sean Payton did say that Javante is going to have uh, a, a very healthy role here. In week one, it seems like the health outlook has just gotten better and better as the weeks have gone on for him um, in Denver. And we don't exactly know what's going to happen with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I just think the talent 
uh, comparison there is so much closer than it is between Javante Williams and Samaja Pirine. It should be so good I actually, game script, though, for the commanders. That, oh, yeah, sure. They'll be out ahead, and, and we would expect Robinson to be the probably the closer over Gibson. Yep. Um, we can only choose one, though, and we, and we got to go for some ceiling here. Now let's check out Pickens and uh, more just in case you end up needing to start one of them. Maybe one of the wide receivers goes down. Let's just cut up the entire deal here. So for Sky Moore, um, again, it doesn't know that Travis Kelsey's out. The tools say in half PPR that Pickens is the clear choice there. And, you know, he is probably more of a threat to score touchdowns just based off of, um, you know, uh, his role in the in the Steelers offense versus what we've how we've seen or not seen Sky Moore uh, deployed to this point. So I'm actually going to go here. I think I'm going to rank it Javante Williams, Brian Robinson, George Pickens, Sky Moore in that order. And Dave, it sounds like you might prefer Robinson. Who would your number two be? That might break the tie for us. I think I'd put, uh, I actually would probably put Pickens in at my number two. And, and Javante Williams, number three? Javante Williams, number three, and then Sky Moore, number four. Okay. All right. Well, you so know, know, here on this. That helps, but. Well, it, it, it helps so much as Steven has to choose. I mean, he's got to choose yeah. which analyst he's going to trust this week. I, I'm saying Javante. Dave says Brian Robinson. We both like picking, so that's your bailout option. How about that, Steven? Um, best of luck to you in your matchup this week. Andrew Winkler, is Josh Reynolds likely to have the second highest target share for the Lions? I mean, likely is a strong, that's a strong word there. Um, you know, I think we can safely say the sun god, Amon Ross St. Brown, is going to lead that team in targets for sure. After that, I think it could be flat between Reynolds and uh, right. Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. I'm actually going to call my shot and say Jameer Gibbs has the second most targets on the team. Um, yeah, what I, I, I think in terms of the uh, players at wide receiver tight end for Detroit, um, I don't know if I'd be going after a player just because they're going to have the second highest target share. Like Curtis said, it's probably figures to be pretty flat. And, you know, the second highest share might only be like four targets in a game like this. We really just don't know exactly what to expect yet. So I would almost prefer, I'd have to see who the other options are if, you know, you're asking that question to try to find somebody to plop into your lineup. Um, I might try to target somebody that just, you know, maybe has a higher chance of scoring a touchdown if they're only going to have like two or three opportunities. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, con- the, con- the context matters. I don't know if th- this could be, you know, this could be a Thursday night DFS type of, yeah. of question if we're talking about Josh Reynolds, because um, you're, you're not in many league formats probably talking about him unless it's maybe like a 14 team dynasty league or something like that. I could see this question coming in. So um, let's see here. ZB, Skymore over Jackson Smith and the Jigba or brian robinson oh man so jsn got the the wheels up dave i don't know if you saw that today he is going to be playing this weekend yeah very very exciting um i think i would like for week one i think now at this point with no kelsey i go sky more over uh jackson smith and the jigba just for week one um because of you know relative ease of earning targets you know, with Brian Robinson, then it gets tricky again because, you know, now we're not talking about another player that's going to have a lot of, um, you know, guaranteed touches. We don't know what the the Chiefs will do with Sky Moore. We haven't seen him in this new role yet. Brian Robinson really was toting the rock quite a bit. We expect him to crush the Cardinals and perhaps him ice that game away. I think in this situation for PPR, um, I'm going to go with a ranking of Brian Robinson and then Sky Moore and then JSN for week one. If it's a close matchup and you want that floor, I still say, even though Dave likes that game script for the commanders, I still just am not quite sure about what that timeshare looks like in that backfield. And maybe, you know, maybe they get up and ice the game, but maybe Gibson was the guy that, you know, that, that, that put him away to begin with. If you need that big ceiling, man, there's something about that Thursday night, week one, Mahomes in, in his uh, opening day starts, Dave, 19 touchdowns, zero interceptions for his career. So I, I do still say if you if you need a ceiling play, you're playing a team that's starting, you know, Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey or something crazy, some crazy combo, and you need that big ceiling outcome, I'm going to go Sky more there. All right. Yep. Uh, Andrew confirmed for us it was more of a DFS question. So, so yeah, um, I think that helps that uh, referring to the Josh Reynolds question. Mike and M, Trevor Lawrence or Geno? Smith, I actually have this very same dilemma in a couple of my rosters, Mike. So let's get out the GLSP here and take a look and see what it says. Compare the curves here on these two players, and then we can add, you know, our own yep. our own context here. So Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he's got to be one of the highest uh, projected quarterbacks of the week with a 75th percentile uh, projection of 27.2 points. We yeah, don't see that. He's going to be five this week, according to GLSP average projections. And also, yeah, that, if you look at above 25, uh, you know, he's significantly ahead of Geno Smith as well. Almost uh, 14% more of his matches went for 25 or more points than Geno Smith. So he's pretty much, you know, the play over Smith across the board uh, where you're looking for. Uh, so to me, this is actually a fairly easy one. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that you're going to have Lawrence playing against a Colts team that, uh, you know, might not be as competitive as the Rams are going to be able to be with, um, 
with the Seahawks or I guess from a, you know, overall type of game flow perspective, I'd much rather have, have Lawrence in that matchup where I would expect his team to kind of dominate. Yeah, I think, I think I would rather have Lawrence anyway, but seeing this in the GLSP uh, really confirms it. I, I realized just now I wasn't sharing my screen when we were talking about um, this at first. Let's zoom in here a little bit and look at the distribution. The gray bar is Trevor Lawrence here, and the red bar is Geno Smith. When we look at uh, their distributions like above 20 uh, and 25 fantasy points, imagine stacking these two red bars and these two gray bars. Lawrence just has so many more matches in his 50 uh, similar um, GLSP scores that are higher than Geno. So, I mean, I think this is a, a firm answer of Trevor Lawrence over Geno Smith on this question. Thanks, Mike, uh, for that one. Let's get to Joe Schmo here. Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, or Dalton Kincaid? Yes, I have all the rookies, LOL. Um, it's a fun year. It's a fun year to build a trio like that, man. Yeah, it is. And I think they've all got a lot of upside. I, I'm order for for this week. I'm I'm going to actually order unless we get different clarification out of Green Bay. Right now, it looks like we're probably not going to have Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. It's possible we might get one of them. I mean, Musgrave could be the number one pass catching offense or option in Green Bay this week. Right now, I would order it Musgrave, Kincaid, Laporta. If if Christian Watson plays, I'm gonna I would flip my answer to Kincaid here over Musgrave. Yeah. Uh, Musgrave. Either way, Laporta would probably be my number three uh, at least here in Week One. Dave, how do you see this one? Yeah, I think um, obviously you have to monitor what is going on in Green Bay. But if we do have Dobbs or particularly Watson going, uh, then I think that Musgrave probably falls third in line for me here. And I'd place Kincaid, then Laporta, then Musgrave. Really the way that I'm breaking that is just by looking at the teams that they're on. Uh, Also, you know, uh, Kincaid and Laporta, you know, if you want to split hairs between them, I think that's probably the best way to go ahead and do that. Uh, And then finally, if you look in the passing game, matchup Raider uh, for tight ends, what you're going to find is that um, the Jets are a little bit more favorable um, of a matchup here for Kincaid uh, than what you're going to have there for Laporta playing against Kansas City. In fact, last year, uh, Kansas City was a harder matchup for tight ends by a pretty significant margin when we look at like uh, the expected points that you would expect tight ends to score based upon their seasonal averages and how they actually scored. Uh, Much more favorable in the case of Kincaid here. All right. So I think we're we're aligned there. The guidance here, Joe, is watch the news on the Green Bay wide receivers. If we get clarification, one of those top two guys is going, uh, flips to Kincaid as an easy answer for both Dave and I. Uh, Mike came back around here and said ESPN rankings actually had Gino a full point ahead of Lawrence. We're not going to talk about other sites' rankings. Um, you well, can, I can, I'll just give yeah. this comment. I think that if you were sitting down and doing a subjective projection, you yeah. probably end up with that because what you're probably thinking is that Jacksonville gets ahead very early, which limits the total number of passing plays that you have for the team. As a result of that, if you're rolling up a quarterback projection, uh, doing it off of the receivers, you're not going to end up with that many points. Yeah. Yeah. I, the way that I tend to think about these things is, you know, when you, how did you score the touchdowns when you, when you actually got the lead? Like right. I know the temptation is to think about the second half, but there's so yeah. many, 
situations where, I mean, you know, Holmes throws 48 touchdowns. All right. Well, right. you know, he throws a lot of them in the first half, you know, exactly. yep. you know, so it's just, I, you know, Mike, appreciate you sharing the other, the other sites, you know, Dave, Dave and I are in lockstep on, on Lawrence here, you know, hope that works out for you. Uh, obviously you want our advice. You wouldn't be watching this show here. Uh, Malachi says, would you guys start Mixon or Pacheco? Even with Kelsey out, it's Mixon for me. I'm yeah. consulting a couple of different tools here to make sure that my leaning is on point here. I, one thing that I haven't used yet in the show tonight is the Game Splits app. And so I'm just going to pull up Joe Mixon last two seasons versus Cleveland. I mean, he's been right in line with his uh, with his per-game scoring averages in PPR against Cleveland. Uh, not much higher, not much lower, 17.8. When I flip over to the GLSP, where he's a top five running back this week. He's a top five running back. Absolutely. His 50th yep. percentile projection is actually uh, 15.1 PPR compared to 12.3 for Pacheco. Even if you want to nudge that up for Pacheco, another, let's say another point and a half um, on another couple carries and a couple extra yards or, you know, increased touchdown probability. It's very difficult for Pacheco to start pacing with Mixon's 22.7 top quartile projection. So, Plus you know, half of his matches, yeah. half of his 50 matching players scored a touchdown rushing and then 10% yeah. added a receiving touchdown too. So a lot of, you know, scoring upside too for him. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think this is a good question um, specifically with that temptation to get some points in this Thursday night game. So Malachi, this is probably an RB two question for you. Probably Pacheco comes into play maybe against some of your flex players, but we're going mix in here. On this one, uh, Joe confirming Musgrave. Yeah, Joe's going to go with our advice there. Let's see. James Mendez. For my RB2 spot in a PPR league, I have James Cook, David Montgomery, or Dalvin Cook. I'm leaning towards James Cook. Secondly, without Kelsey, I took Laporta. thought about Irv Smith as a replacement. Dave, I'm going to take a look at these tight ends. Why don't you cut up these running backs? Yeah, I think for me, for the running backs here, it's uh, James Cook probably by a fairly wide margin. I think heading into that team's first game, our expectation is that we see James Cook controlling a very healthy portion of the uh, receiving work, also the rushing work, playing in the best offense uh, of the options right here. I've talked about heading into the season how I think there's a really good chance for James Cook to finish as an RB1, and I would not be shocked at all if we see that starting to happen uh, this week against the Jets on Monday night. So that's a fairly easy one for me uh, there. The tight end question might be a little bit tougher, but it looks I'm, like Curtis I'm taking this tight end one, man. I've got this one. The passing game matchup Raider has this one on lock. Let's look at just Laporta. Fun, just published the new version of this last night too. So it's, it's exciting to see it up here on the stream. Yeah, it's so cool, man. You did a great job with this tool. So um, we're looking at fantasy points over expectation allowed by a defense against the opposing position. So we're going to look at the defenses against opposing tight ends. What did they do versus expectation? Cleveland, actually the stingiest defense um, in terms of uh, allowing fantasy points versus expectation, actually only allowed 53% of the expected points to tight ends and I think their last six games is uh, the way you have this built so yeah. again that's last year some things have changed with the defense Irv Smith a new player in the Cincinnati offense you add in here that uh, Joe Burrow a little bit ouchy um, doesn't sound fully confident I think he you know he's probably going to play but he didn't necessarily sound like he's really raring to go 
Um, that actually feeds back maybe into that mixing question that we just took as well. If we look at Laporta, I mean, it's not necessarily that KC was a great matchup uh, compared to other teams in the league, but they were at least not in the bottom 10 against the that position um, last year. And then if I just think, you know, Irv Smith's been in the, the league for several years now, has never really shown us those big splash games. I think Cincinnati has a good role uh, for the tight end position. But, you know, there's a lot of factors at play here, including the opponent. I would roll the dice on Laporta uh, in, in terms of replacing Kelsey there, James. So great question there. Kyle says Nico uh, Collins or Brees Hall, half PPR. I'm going Brees Hall there. Yeah, you got to go Brees Hall there. Way too many questions for Nico Collins right now. Even if you knew that Collins was going to ha- come out and have a pretty solid game and you knew that guaranteed, I'm not sure that I would go with him over Hall. All right. I'm going to go ahead and sound. It's the five-minute alarm. You know, we're holding this to 30 minutes before Thursday night football. You don't have a lot of time to go in and change those lineups after you listen if you have Thursday night players. So in particular, if anybody that is logged in right now has any more questions about the Kansas City Chiefs or about the Detroit Lions, make sure you get those in. Uh, Mike, love you guys from Rotovis. Thank you, Mike. We love you too, bud. Uh, James Mendez says, also, I have Cortland Sutton over Sky Moore in the flex. Should I switch? Thanks, guys. All right, let's pull up. We've got the passing game matchup Raider already pulled up. So let's look from a non-player perspective, and then we'll get into the GLSP to break this tie. I think this could be a bit of a difficult one, so it'll be fun to use the tools to help solve the uh, the question. So when we look at Kansas City versus Detroit, uh, Detroit, a top 10 attractive defense to play, uh, wide receivers against allowing 12% more fantasy points and expectation over the final six games of last season. Um, remind me who Denver has in week one off the top of my head. I don't have a schedule pulled up here, Dave. Oh, uh, yeah. Denver draws a matchup with the Raiders. So divisional matchup to start things. Oh, Raiders, the second most attractive matchup. You can see them here at the top. Second most attractive matchup, uh, by position for the wide receivers. And we also know that Jerry Judy highly questionable, Um, I think I like probably the floor and the ceiling situationally there a little bit better for Sutton. Also, Sutton just getting rave reviews in camp. As much as Team Rotoviz and others have wanted Judy to really be the poster child and the you know the uh, you know s- save his career and his dynasty value uh, with a breakout this season, it seems like Sutton maybe is more likely to have the kind of that Michael Thomas role uh, from that Sean Payton New Orleans Saints. Um, offensive scheme. So I'm going there, James. Good question. All right. Uh, Just a few minutes left here. We will keep the chat open in case there's any last minute questions. Dave, I am pumped that it's week one and we're setting lineups, man. I can't believe it. This 30 minutes flew by. Uh, Great engagement from from the listeners. Can't wait to to bring this show back as a feature uh, and and just provide some value uh, to all of the listeners on the podcast. Um, hopefully some of the players that you're curious about as you listen to this on Friday morning, even um, are going to be helpful to you because, you know, you know, we share teams across rosters, obviously here. I have to actually uh, get Kelsey out of a few more of my lineups. So um, we're going to come to a close after this comment from Mike and M here. Just saw a tweet from Green Bay beat writer this afternoon. Dobbs was at practice. Yeah, I did see that, that he was at practice. He was limited, but he was at least out there. 
um, that, you know, we're going to have to continue to monitor that, uh, but for both of those players, but also for all of the others, um, while we're on green Bay and maybe this is a good way to end. We did talk about green Bay in the context of what it would mean maybe for Luke Musgrave. If both of these wide receivers were out, if you want to go ahead and look at our game level similarity projections for both Aaron Jones, who we know has been historically used in the passing game there in green Bay and even for AJ Dillon. You know, I think the team is going to reinvent around a commitment to the run here, especially early in the season as Jordan Love finds his flow. So if both these guys are out, I mean, you know, I, I would bump A.J. Dillon up into flex territory and, and Aaron Jones probably and firmly into RB2 territory for week one. Dave, anything you want to add before we come to a close here? No, just uh, it's been a lot of fun doing this. Um you know, despite the fact that I had some some technical challenges here. So I'm really looking forward to next week getting into some more of these questions and uh, just watching this game, which uh, should be a really, really fun way to start the year. All right. Well, hey, I, to sign off, Dave, I did pour a Woodford Reserve. Oh, my, my screen's yeah. editing it out. It looks like I'm holding nothing. I did pour a Woodford Reserve double oaked. I have to work on that with my camera for next uh uh, for next week so hey cheers to everyone who uh who called in uh tonight and and gave us the comments best of luck in your week one matchups and man football is back baby we got thursday night football can't wait to watch this matchup between the lions and the chiefs this is curtis and dave signing what's up Roto-Bee?